On a day as hot as this one, you would think that the topic of the sermon would be hell. Actually, if you feel like you're hot, look at those of us up here who are wearing full-length gowns over whatever it is that we have underneath them. Boy, it's a scorcher today. But instead of meditating on the things that make us uncomfortable, instead today the gospel is giving us a vision of heaven. Not heaven somewhere far away or in another place, but heaven right here, right now, in our own lives. Of course, we are all familiar with the words that Jesus tells his disciples to pray. Usually, we hear them in the version from the Gospel of Matthew, because those are the ones that we pray as part of our daily devotions and in our liturgy. But here we are in the Gospel of Luke, and we see Jesus imploring his disciples to use the same words, words that are so simple. They begin simply just with the proclamation of who God is, that God is hallowed, acknowledging God as Father of all. And then the very first petition, the first thing that Jesus tells us to ask for is equally simple. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Just as important in the words that Jesus tells us to pray is the words that Jesus does not tell us to pray. He tells us to ask for bread each and every day, that our stomachs may be full and that we may go on with our lives glorifying God. What Jesus doesn't tell us to pray for is a bakery or a warehouse full of bread. No, there's something in this prayer that's more than just the act of being nourished and fed. It's faith that you will be fed each and every day. And as a result of that faith, letting go of the tendency that we all have to hold on to anxieties about the future, to be worried about what we're going to eat tomorrow or the day after that, or a year from now, or 10 years from now, or 20 years from now. Jesus tells us to pray for God to feed us in this day, not the next day. And in doing so, he's offering us a glimpse of how we can live a godly life, not tomorrow, but today. The people that Jesus was speaking to first probably understood what hunger really was. And in fact, this prayer sounds very different to you depending on whether you've actually experienced hunger or not. You can imagine that for the 700 million people in the world today who live on less than $2 a day, that this prayer is incredibly meaningful. It is a declaration of the fact that we believe that God will give us the food that we need to live on today. Because for $2, it's hard to feed yourself, much less your entire family. But for those of us in the rich world, those of us who rarely have to be concerned about putting any kind of food on the table at all, it sounds very different. Jesus is telling us to be grateful for what we have, to accept it, to take what is given, and not to be hoarders not to store up for the future so that we discard today and don't value the gifts that we are given in this very day. 
This is such an important message for us in this modern world. Because even though we live in the richest society that has ever existed in all of humankind's history, nonetheless, we have a mentality of people who are impoverished. Think about that paradox for a moment. How is it possible that we as a society that has so much money also has so much concern about money? It's hard to imagine a society that could be any wealthier than what we are today. And yet it seems that from politics to everything else that happens in our common life, all we talk about is money, that there's not enough of it, that there's not enough to go around. Eventually, over time, we get sucked into that mentality of scarcity, and it begins to cloud our thinking and our judgment. It makes it incredibly difficult to live in the today, to enjoy what is given to us. Because after a certain time, all we're thinking about is the future. What am I going to have tomorrow? What will I have next year? How will I provide for myself in the future? Think about it. Think about the way that we go through life. If we are fortunate enough to receive an education, nowadays that usually comes along with quite a bit of debt. And so from the very beginning, when we are being taught our own vocations, we are forced to think about the future from a stance of scarcity. Because we don't think that we might, there's a fear possibly that we might not have the money to pay off the loans that we're taking out right now. Over time, the material concerns just get larger and larger. In this city, if you're fortunate enough to own property, you probably didn't buy it with cash. You certainly have a mortgage, and even if not, you have rent, which has to be paid each and every month. And then there's a whole issue of retirement, saving for an eventuality that is decades and decades away. So much of our thinking about our resources and about money is focused on the far future. And with that comes this anxiety. If we actually prayed the prayer that is truly in our hearts about our anxieties about money, we would not be praying for our daily bread. We would be praying for our loans to be paid off, for the rent to be paid off month to month, for a large 401k that could provide for ourselves and perhaps something to leave on to pass on to people in our lives or to an institution that we care about. And of course, religious institutions and churches are not immune from this sickness. It can become very difficult not to become focused on money. In this particular season in the life of All Saints Church, we're actually facing a little bit of a money crunch. And I'll admit to myself that it's difficult not to become anxious and worried about the future. Some churches hoard money, taking money from people who left it generations and generations ago and holding on to it just to make sure that the place keeps going and is perpetuating. But you see, none of this, none of this activity that shapes so much of our lives is anywhere to be found in the Bible. Instead, Jesus tells us to embrace this day, to turn to God as the creator of all things, and to ask for something so simple, 
give us this day our daily bread. That's it. Think about the Israelites wandering in the wilderness after their escape from Egypt. The Lord rained down manna from heaven when they cried out for bread. But the Lord also told them that they couldn't store it up for more than one day. And so each and every day they had to go through this exercise of faith, waking up, hoping, praying that there would be that manna out there for them to eat. On the occasions when they did try to store things up, they learned the mistake that they had made. The manna spoiled, and there was nothing left over. And according to the Bible, the Lord was angry at them and didn't send manna the next day. Imagine this exercise of faith. I don't know about you, but there's this craze right now in diets and eating that we're not supposed to eat carbs, which means no pasta, no sugar, no bread. I don't like all that stuff because I like my pasta and my sugar and my bread way too much. But when was the last time you sat down and you actually really, really enjoyed a piece of bread? Hmm, There's so many different kinds. I had a pumpernickel bagel yesterday and it was delicious. When you sit down and you contemplate that piece of bread that has been placed into your hands, that passes over your teeth and your mouth, that fills your stomach, that becomes a part of your own body. When you contemplate the simplicity of that little thing, you realize what a miracle it is. What an amazing thing it is, simply to have a loaf of bread on hand to eat. You see, it's all up here and in here. We can choose to have an attitude of scarcity, and that will propel us forward in life, only on a track of anxiety, though. Anxiety that we will never have enough. And believe me, there are plenty of extremely rich people out there who don't believe that they have enough. But Jesus doesn't want us to live that way. Jesus wants us to live instead out of an attitude of abundance. To be the types of people who can enjoy the bread that is given to us after we ask God for it. Who can see the miracle and the richness of all of this grand life that God has seen fit to allow us to enjoy one more day. When you have an attitude of abundance, you never feel poor because you realize that There's so much in your life. Even a slice of bread is an occasion to celebrate because it demonstrates to you that God truly has chosen to fulfill God's promise to you, that you won't go hungry today, that you will be filled. And the gospel message that Jesus talks to the disciples a little bit more about food In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus talks about food a lot, which has led biblical scholars to believe that Luke himself might have enjoyed his own meals. But here you have a bizarre sort of juxtaposition of different types of food, an egg and a scorpion, a fish and a snake. I think that those illustrations are there to prove to us, to drill into our minds how insane it would be for God to put us on this earth and then not give us the bread that we need from day to day. But our part of the bargain, 
is not only believing that we will receive the food that we ask for, that we will be nourished in our bodies, but also in our souls. Now, our part is not to be greedy about it. In the illustrations that Jesus gives, a child is asking for a fish or an egg. And you might have children in your life at some point who haven't asked just for a fish, but for an entire aquarium. And that's okay, but that's because they're kids. Once we grow up, we are supposed to have the type of spiritual maturity that leads us to understanding what a miracle it is that we have anything at all, and to acknowledge that every single thing that is in our lives is a perfect gift from God. Now, Christianity in our time has come to be associated with so many different ethical principles. At this particular moment in time, these principles that are coming out of certain branches of Christianity are leading our politics forward to a place that many of us find extremely uncomfortable. What I really don't hear is people who claim to be Christians standing up and talking about having an attitude of abundance in the world, about celebrating the miracle that it is that we live in such a time, about responding to God's graciousness and kindness to us with graciousness and kindness towards one another. And I find that to be such a shame because Jesus, who himself lived his earthly life as a poor man, was absolutely passionate about convincing each and every one of us to approach life with joyful abundance. So friends, as people who love Jesus, as people who take his teachings seriously, let us ask God for our daily bread today, and tomorrow, and the day after that. And when God inevitably answers our prayers in the affirmative, let us praise God with hearts full of joy and gladness, so that we too may be people of abundance. Amen.